What a year, 2022. Can you believe all the things that have happened? Well, Keith and I can. And we thought about this episode. Please enjoy our look back episode from 2022 and enjoy Hollywood Breaks. Well, today's December 16th, 2022, Keith, and I'm a little surprised you're not wearing blue face today because this is... Uh, well, I got my poster. The re-release of Avatar. I got the poster. I saw that. I mean, that's something. I didn't pull out my full <laughs> Thunder Smurf costume, although I should have. I, I was waiting for the Thunder Smurf. This is, this is the big day that the... Uh, We've been waiting for, maybe haven't been waiting for. It's the big moment. <laughs> the big moment. The sequel has finally arrived 13 years after the original. Better late than never, I guess. This is Disney's Christmas release, is the Blue yes. Man Group. Yeah. <laughs> this is the awesome. Blue Man Group. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, I, you know, it's so close to the end of the year, and we promised this last week. Today's episode is going to be a little bit different because we're going to take this time to look back on 2022 yes. and think about some of the amazing things that have happened. Um, mm -hmm. when I, I don't know about you, but when I was making my list, I was thinking, what? when I was thinking January 2022, what did I not yet know about Hollywood that now, 12 months later, I know about Hollywood? That is true. That's the big no, question, isn't it? That's that's how I did my list. I don't know how you did your <laughs> list, but that's how I'm going to do it. I just pulled it out of my wonderful vision craft slash founders brew brain and just, you know, that's how I do it. You have that network that's, of connectivity of I do. actions yes. and items or whatever. All right. Yes, so how are we going to get into start. this thing? How, where do you want to start on our list? Should we start chronologically or the big item? I have a big reveal, but... Uh, Maybe I'll start simple with mine. So I'll pick one for mine. You pick one for yours. And Okay. We'll start simple. Go. Uh, all right. So big highlight of, I'll just call it a highlight. Big highlight of my 2022 was the long anticipated Top Gun movie. Because I've been, because, and I mm. didn't know I was waiting for that, but you told me the rumors that it was going to be big. Yes. And I remember the promotions from 2017, I think when it was first. And I don't know. No, that was, it was 2020. 20, like it was 2019. Yeah. It was like 2019. I ran, I think they ran in the Super Bowl. Or, no, it was 2020, the Super Bowl. I think they ran a spot. Yeah. I think. And then, yeah. Then that little virus was let loose on the world. Well, and, and, yeah. and we questioned and wondered, are they making the right idea? It better live up to expectations. Even when the movie started and that creepy Tom Cruise little thing that played the beginning of the theater where he's not in makeup or whatever, you're almost like, oh, is this really going to make it? And holy cow, it is a blockbuster <laughs> film, which I was happy for. It was a little bit reminiscent for myself to watch it. it yeah. A little too close to the original script, but um, what a success. It was an amazing success. And Paramount has been living out success over success for, for, for months or for years now. So just uh, that's the highlight for my 2022. Well, I would say that's probably, that's my, um, I'm going to, I'm going to crib off you a little. Um, well, I wasn't as anticipating it as much as you were. I, I did want to see it. But what for me, the experience was it's the first time in a while that I can remember smiling and walking out of a theater just with a big grin on my face. So because I really enjoyed the experience. I saw it in IMAX and it was incredible. I did not get the awkward Tom Cruise intro. Oh, because so you watch it in IMAX. I, yeah. Yeah. So I was spared that, I guess. But um, yeah, that was probably my that was a great moment it was nice to be back in the theaters people applauded at the end which i can't remember the last time they did that so it was just a, it was a great theatrical experience which i had which i haven't had in a long time so that was probably my highlight yeah as far so similar to yours 
But interesting, it's actually probably the only theatrical experience. Of, it wasn't like it kicked off like a avalanche of films and people coming back, although it no. does seem that theaters rebounded a little, but it is standing head and toe above any other film that's been released in this last year, any other replay, any other rebuild or whatever. So there's, it just did something unique. It is somewhat of an outlier for all of 2022. Yeah. And then we'll, you know, obviously, as you mentioned at the top of the show, we'll see what happens with Blue Man Group. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, obviously, that's going to be the next big film. And, you know, just a quick aside, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but uh, both Top Gun won the National Board of Review's Best Picture Award, which that was a shock in and of itself. It's a great movie. Um, And I'm glad they're fine. You know, it seems like there may be a sort of an alignment of critics and audiences again, but I'm mm. not, I'm going to be the pessimist here and say that I don't necessarily believe that that's the real reason why these movies are getting nominated. Um, and, but then it was also nominated for a golden globe for best picture. So I'm going to be interested to see what happens with the Academy when the, uh, the globe Oscars come out to see if I'm sure top Gun will be on there, but it'll be interesting to see if it actually has a real shot. Once we get down to the, the nitty gritty of the season. Yeah. Critically, Critically, I don't know if it's best picture. But then if I think about Titanic as a best picture, I don't know if today I'd say critically that's one of the best pictures of all time. It's just Not. a really great feature experience. Feature experience. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we all have been we talked Which about Which I guess, repeatedly. why can't that be best? If it's your favorite and you enjoyed it, can't that be best also? Yeah. It does have to be some right. weird artistic critical you know, coming of age. Well, I think that's where they've been the last 10 years. They've been awarding yeah. all these movies that nobody sees because there's no real, it's not an experience, the theatrical experience per se. Um, so, so I don't know if this means there's, a, I, I, again, I must stress that me being the pessimist and with regards to this particular topic, I'm not sure that the, the motivations are pure here when if they're, you know, especially with the, with the Hollywood foreign press, which is, many issues of which to resolve (laughs) so um you know i i'm not necessarily going to say that that means that all of a sudden everything's going to be realigned but it does show that maybe now they realized okay well maybe we should start looking at other movies from the sort of not necessarily looking at every indie film as like oh that's going to be a nominated film because it's got that sort of Oscar look to it. Like we all know the movies now that sort of, you know, the sort of they open with uh, this festival, that festival, Grand Jury Prize, and then it cuts into some dark, brooding Kate Blanchett shot. And, you know, yeah, right. and the whole thing is depressing <laughs> and you want to slit your wrists at the end of it. And, <laughs> but then you're like, oh, well, that's obviously going to be an Oscar movie. So it's, yeah. So maybe there's a reset. I don't know. But interesting. Um, I don't want to get too, yeah. again, I don't want to get sidetracked, but, uh, you know, that's another part of it that I think is interesting, but uh, I'm, I'm with we'll you see. on the Top so Gun still Maverick of it all. More to come for 2022, but that's, yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, let's just say a pleasant part. It's, it's a good one to kick off this, uh, this episode, yes. talking about Maverick. I would agree with that. Long anticipated yes. and a really great move for Paramount. So that's my applaud that Paramount is, did something strategic and it played out, didn't backfire on them. And, um, and I think the theaters are loving it too. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's my f- kickoff. What what's your first topic that from January to December is a well? I mean, I, I talked a little bit about this in the Founders Brew, but I think um, one of the biggest ones was the great Netflix reset. 
Um, and I think that is, we're still feeling the ramifications of that. Um, for those of you who don't re quite recall, um, it, I think it was in the summer, uh, this summer when, uh, you know, the Netflix, uh, subscriber numbers were amiss and they actually lost some subscribers and that all of a sudden i don't know why i mean there had been rumblings our good friend at the angler richard rushfield has brought up many a time that this freewheeling spending and all subscribers at all costs no damn the torpedoes who cares you know if we make any money was was a fantasy and i think right. what happened was that sort of the reset with that's sort of the shock finally made Wall Street realize, oh, wait a minute, where, how are you guys going to start making money off this? And I think that was in combination with the rising interest rates, which makes debt a lot more expensive. And obviously Netflix had a lot of debt that they've been trying to pay down. So I think that's part of the reason that there was sort of like a realization. I was like, oh, well, can we got to get to sort of like back to basics here? Like, how are you going to make money? Like you're spending all this money. How are you making money? And I think that just sort of had ramifications all the way down the line. And it sort of started being the fact that, okay, you can talk all you want about subscribers. It's great you're making subscribers, but what how are you making money? And then, you know, we can see the sort of ramifications from this, from the disastrous Chapik call when he low dropped the boom that Disney had lost $1.4 billion. <laughs> Yeah, the, so really it's you're saying netflix the netflix bubble or the netflix moment isn't just netflix alone it really is really yeah. this weird content bubble yes that, and the race for how much content you can have at all costs um and there was a big shift one moment bubble burst the content bubble burst and now it's going to have a it's going to play itself out for many many years too and we're still seeing a lot of this like the ramifications of uh, this are playing out. You know, we have layoffs, we have belt tightening, tightening all across the board. People are coming, you know, David Zasloff has been very clear. Their strategy is going to be completely different from what Disney and Netflix are doing. So I think a lot of that has been motivated by what happened when Netflix had their miss and they lost something like, I can't remember, $60 billion in share and value. Um, they've somewhat recovered since then, wisely so, because they had to trim, they had to do layoffs, they had to cut some content that wasn't working they've been a little bit less sort of fire hosey with their content as than they were previously maybe to that's a good idea like they make uh, good might content instead maybe, of just <laughs> maybe it might not be a bad idea to be concerned two stars about and a bad b script and make it <laughs> uh, um so i think that was one of the big ones and i as i said i think we're still going to see ramifications of this the new year um i don't think we're we're done seeing what the this whole reset i think is gonna uh, mean for the industry at large yeah to me that it's the content makers are the ones that are going to feel it also it was just been such a golden era of content creation even though the results <clears throat> of it weren't always great to watch the makers were getting paid to make just about every you know college try idea uh, and now <laughs> and with very little studio interaction too with, like yeah. pretty much just go go make your stuff and bring it to us when it's done yeah and this reset's gonna set some new precedent there in financing yeah. and curating the ideas and so on so hopefully the overall content idea elevates <coughs> i think we're gonna out of that weird inverted curve too of how much money is spent and how much time is put into a piece of content that the consumer just watches in an hour and a half 
and then right. moves on to the next hour and a half piece of content that um, maybe slowing some things down, we might get back to a pop culture event that would redefine the next era of Hollywood coming mm-hmm. out of the, you know, my claim work out of the blockbuster era. So we got yes. the new era showing up and this was one of the, the defining moments for that. So when we look back five years now, when we're on episode 1000 and we look back, <laughs> that's going to be one of the things we talk about that I think is... As this is a defining moment um, for the next, yeah, few I years. think so. I, I, I think it's. Uh, I mean, I, I, again, I, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think we'll have to see like what Disney does with Hulu, and I think a lot of what happened over the summer with Netflix, as well as the huge loss they took, is going to definitely inform some of the decision making that move, you know results out of that. Um, we'll see what happens with Peacock, Paramount Plus. I mean, there's rumblings that Paramount Plus and Showtime are going to merge. What What is Warner Brothers Discovery, whatever that thing is going to be? Discovery, yeah, Matt, WB, I Max. I don't even know what they're going to call it. But. Um, something like Peacock. Or no, that might just call it Max. <laughs> might just be Max. Peacock's going to be one of those things that um, my kids will explain to their kids the way I have to explain UHF channels to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was there's just this one OTT streaming service, and there's all these things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you'll never Nobody get really it. cared <laughs> before it was planted in your brain. I don't know. One of those things that we'll get there. All right. This one's an easy one. I think the, the next memory or the next kind of look back of the year in January, 2022, oh, there was a guy named Bob in charge <laughs> of Disney. And now <laughs> there's a new guy in charge of Bob at Disney. That is the old guy. There's, I a, mean, new, there's a new Bob who's the old Bob. If I would have said in January 22, oh, Keith, this is not going to last. We still don't know what Cream Daniel does. And Bob Iger is going to return. Well, one, it showed what a genius I was that moment because it's true. Yeah, what happened. It but that soap opera idea would have never. I, there's no. no way to conceive of that it bounced back to the way it is right now. No. I mean, I, I think we we all kind of knew that Chapik was struggling and having his moments. But, you know, listen, it, the succession at Disney has never been smooth. Like, it's always been a little rocky. So we kind of knew that was going to happen. But and Iger had pushed off his retirement three or four times. But Chapik was his guy. Like, it was he was the one that Bob Iger basically anointed after showing Kevin Mayer and Tom Staggs the door. He finally is like, okay, this guy's... This is the one. And then... You know, then we, he has, Chapik has his issues. And then there's rumblings that Iger's, you know, telling anybody who will listen that Chapik's destroying the company, which is never helpful, especially if you are no longer the CEO. Um, so, I mean, there were a lot of drama behind the scenes, but I don't think any of us could have predicted that Iger would come back and Chapik would be dispatched, especially after his contract was re-upped. Yeah. And we're like, okay, the board has shown that they have faith in him. Okay, great. Let's, okay, we're moving forward with Chapik. And then three months later, boom, Chapik's gone. Iger's back in the driver's seat. You know, it, it and, you know, and the, as I said a million times, this doesn't look good for anybody. Like, it doesn't look good for the board. doesn't look good on really on Chapik because for obvious reasons. And it doesn't look great on Iger because he basically was nitpicking from the sidelines. And that's never helpful when a CEO is trying to build his own, his own reputation in the company. So, yeah. but again, you're right. No, I don't think any of us would have predicted in January that, um, I mean, it wouldn't have been a, sh- I don't think in January because he was going through so many problems. There was the, the dispute with Florida. There was the Scarlett Johansson argument. There was the whole, who the heck is Kareem Daniel and what does he do? 
and it, there was a lot of things happening. So if that had, it happened then, I don't know if it would have been much of a, I mean, the Iger returning would have been a bit of a shock, but him being dispatched wouldn't have been as shocking as it was because it felt like things had calmed down. He had grown out his beard. He had, <laughs> you know, it felt like he was, you know, making the next move of Chapik 2.0. And then out of nowhere, it's just sort of like, boom, it's you're out. Iger's back. Okay, baby, here we go. So, and I, I think the other thing is like, because Disney is such a force in the industry, it, it, I think it, it affects, there's downstream effects to this. We don't know what's going to happen. Like the question of, we know there's a hiring freeze. We have no idea if there's still going to be layoffs. Iger hasn't addressed that at all. I happen to think there probably will have to be layoffs, especially con- considering the loss they took uh, the last quarter. Um, and especially if Avatar doesn't meet expectations, which obviously are ginormous. Um, and then it also, you know, we have a, a potential writer strike coming down. There's whisperings that that may potentially be yeah. on the docket. And that's going to be know, our 2023 having, look back episode. Just yeah, looking back yeah, at the, exactly. the writer strike. <laughs> the really strike. All right, so we've covered episode 95, Netflix. I think that's what we called that out one. Uh, the bobbing in and out episode. That's definitely something that, we have, that uh, we're talking about. And of course, the Maverick Returns story. Those are th- three big moments for the year. Um, but I, I'm going to bring up one that in January 2022 did not yet exist in Hollywood. And now oh, it's boy. something that is Hollywood legacy. And you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or <here>. legend. <laughs> it's total Hollywood legend. Uh, as of January 2021, nobody had ever slapped anybody else at the Oscars. And that uh, is correct. going to last a very long time. Yes. It, I mean, uh, yes, that probably will go down as one of the... If It's probably the most shocking Oscar moment ever, I, I would argue. Um, yes. And it, it's... I mean, listen, it... it <laughs> It still has, I, I still remember, you know, I was, we were all, we, this is when you, me uh, and Robin Geisen were on a text chain and we were texting back and forth and it happened and we were all just like, was that a bit? <laughs> right. And then I was just sort of like, I was looking at Chris Rock and I was like, that was not a bit. Like he actually full on just slapped him across the face and we're all like, oh boy. And it just sort of cast a pail over the whole ceremony and then there was the whole like you know the academy didn't do anything and then he gets up there and does you know his big speech where he doesn't really apologize he kind of tries to justify it and then he goes out and parties the whole night and then the next day when he sees that oh wait a minute people really think this was bad oh i'm so sorry and you know and it's been a it's been a year-long slog of will smith sort of Trying and then his to weird apology message. That was then, like a hostage video. Yeah, yeah, hostage video message. And then even more recently, in his attempt to do another well, Oscar, he went run. on Trevor Noah. Yeah, he went, he went on the Daily the Daily Show, and you know tried to another Mia culpa with Trevor Noah, where it was almost, you know, he was still trying in some ways to justify it in that he was only sort of defending um, Jada, but at the same time, it's like you can't walk up on stage and slap somebody across the face. It's just, you, you can't and, do it. Uh, it's going to, it's playing itself out in next year's Oscars as well. Um, yes. His whole attempt to help the other cast members and directors and producers of Emancipation, which probably yeah. might deserve an Oscar nod. The fact that he's putting a shadow over the whole thing, he's trying to withdraw himself from that and even saying, 
hey, don't let my presence in the film uh, 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 reflect on the other semi-derivative of an Oscar. He has to back away where nowhere in any Oscar campaign do you ever have the major star saying, remove myself from the from the equation when you're considering if this movie is Oscar worthy. You have everyone leaning into it. So such a strange moment. The one thing I worry about or wonder about is, you know how they always do the best of Oscar kind of reels? And it's the guy doing the one arm push-ups and Cuba going and like Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. how do you how do you ever do an Oscar look back highlight? Although it will it won't be there. I mean, listen, the other well, thing I is I know, but then it's 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 miss the missing element of it not being there. Well, is I, also I think part that, of it not I mean, if it's there or not there, it's always present it in should, that highlight. It should be role. it should have its own like display in the Academy Museum. Like a wall of shame. <laughs> yeah, well, shame. The slap heard around the world, or something like that. Um, it, it. The other thing is that it sort of. I mean, listen. The the academy was supposed to have a changeover in leadership, but obviously, the way that was handled by the current, the previous leadership of the academy, obviously informed who was put in place now and the new leadership. So I think. Um, it, it it continues to reverberate. Um, I don't think it doesn't seem like emancipation is getting any sort of awards momentum at all. Um, in fact, it's kind of disappeared from the conversation. I don't think either any pretty much nothing was, I don't think anything was nominated for a globe. I could be wrong, but hmm. um, so I don't anticipate it being a conversation now. Obviously <laughs> I, it'll probably be sort of a run up in sort of the talking about it to the to the next award show i don't think they'll bring it up on the red carpet at all um because obviously they all want everybody wants to move on and pretend it never happened but it, you know again we'll, we'll have to wait and see and also remember that chris rock has a has a netflix live show coming up in the new year and if netflix is smart they'll time it right around the oscars right of course so they there'll will. be no way to uh, to uh, the, other than address it because yeah. Chris has Chris has never really addressed it. He had one comment, I think at a, a show in Boston, like a, maybe a month or two after it, but we've never really heard his whole explanation. And yeah, I think how that was a, a Hollywood it. bold moment. Wasn't there a Hollywood Dave Chappelle moment, but you're right. It's well, been that, very that slowly Chappelle. played and, and not yeah. mentioned very much waiting for this, this right. moment to build up. Right. So it's festering probably marketing team behind it playing it very well and right you, the same reason people bring up the secret writings of jesus around easter you got to bring up the slap around oscar moment right you gotta <laughs> right. It's just yeah. the season to think about that yeah exactly so i i i, I mean so i think that's going to be another aspect of it so again this is another event that happened now that is going to continue to have ramifications down the road so um We'll see. I mean, all right. So this is our moment of the year, Keith, where we've looked back on 2022, which those are highlights of the moments. Any last minute ones you want to throw in there? Because I'm going to. Uh, well, I think I think the other thing we have to consider is um, I, I'm 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 I think this is the year that we uh, everyone in the industry is finally beginning to realize. I don't think necessarily a lot of people have discussed it. Matt Bellani talked a little bit about it in his, um, what I'm hearing newsletter from this past week. But, uh, I think we're, we're looking at an era where theaters are not going to come back to where they were pre pandemic. I think we are now approaching a moment where the industry really has to figure out where, which 
direction it's going to go. Um, you know, there's only so many avatars, um, comic book movies. Um, and Matt pointed out in his newsletter that I think six of the, or like four or five of the top movies of this year are all comic book movies. Like that's putting a lot of eggs in one basket. You know what I mean? And I think that as we've talked about often here on Hollywood breaks, it's really a time for the industry to have a deep think about what needs to happen over the course of the next few years to really revolutionize the theatrical experience in a way that brings people back to theaters. I mean, it's the age old question of they need content. Like check that they need movies. The theaters need movies and the, there's just been a dearth of them lately. I think a lot of it is because so much has been pushed onto streaming um, and maybe some of the COVID lagging in terms of, you know, getting productions off the ground, but we need more movies. And the yeah. issue, the flip side of that is if you have more movies, you're potentially going to have a suffer a issue of quality. So it, it, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough uh problem to solve but i think there's a way to do it um i think amazon announcing that they're looking to put like almost a billion dollars into theatrical only movies is a great sign that's a push in the right direction but we can't just pretend like everything is going to be hunky dory you've got cinemark that's in bankruptcy still um you've got amc barely hanging on coming up with every trick in under the in the book almost to the point of starting a credit card okay um to try to raise money they asked me if and, i wanted to uh sign up for their credit card when i bought the <laughs> tickets last and i hysterical. asked the woman does anybody <laughs> want to sign up for this credit card and she's like no nobody no, I was like, nobody does because i don't so it's just a, it's not a department store <laughs> no like, i mean it, it's interesting <laughs> i thought about this the other day and it, it frustrates me to no end there was a there was an ad i can't remember if it was on linkedin it might have been on linkedin peacock was announcing this Spart partnership with JetBlue. Who the hell cares? How many times do we got to go through this when they're announcing a partnership with an airline? Who gives a hoot? You know what would be really cool? Brian Roberts, if you bought a damn theater or yeah. tried to revolutionize re the, the theatrical experience, you own parks in Florida, man, you know how to do it. Why not bring some of those people up? Then, hey, go to this theater, see what you can figure out. Let's pilot it at a theater that maybe in the Phyllis suburbs or somewhere else, and let's play with it. See how we can get people butts back what in Keith the theaters. What Keith is saying is he really wants needs a reason to take his kids to the movies because <laughs> he doesn't get to go very often unless there's a reason. <laughs> no, I'm no, with you. I'm I think this it. is um, some of what we some of what we want to do in in this episode is to say like, hey, you know, we could look at the past and things that surprised us. But the reality right. is, is there's always going to be something new that's going to surprise us, and as we look forward. There are some obvious shifts that are taking place, right? That's Correct. the, the yes. industry is changing. Theatrical, of course, it's not going to return to the way it was pre-pandemic. The, the blockbuster was over anyway. The theaters yeah. were already changing before the pandemic ever hit them. Right. We just yes. are using the pandemic as the excuse for the evolution to take place. It was the moment of tension. But Regal, it has its issues. We know the multiplex is changing. Fewer, the way we view things is changing. But the, the thing that might surprise us is the type of content that's needed for the new theatrical experience. Because I'm one that thinks the same reason the blockbuster film created the multiplex 
there's going to be an evolution of a, a type of content and therefore an evolution of why or how we screen it. And we know Correct. it's not yeah. a technological achievement like 3D or THX sound or vibrating seats or whatever. <laughs> These things we've tried to make the blockbuster film even more visible. Right. I don't know if it's going to be art films and a bunch of pop-up things. I don't know if it's going to be you know, viewership in clusters of people instead of everyone buying random tickets. I'd be really curious how it plays itself out, but we'll kind of remember this evolution as one where not only is it a the type of location we go to and if it's pretty or not or clean or not or animated or not, but right. also what we're watching in that. And both of those are what's going to, I think we're going to kind of like see evolve in the next, you know, sure year, but also next three to five years. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, there's just, you know, the pandemic basically forced, broke the 45, you know, basically allowed the studios to enforce the, the long awaited 45 day window. They've always been, they've always wanted the exhibitors have always resisted it. And it just came because they didn't really have a choice. So that's one of the things that sort of really happened. And then you have the day and date, um, which Universal has been doing quite a bit of. Um, so you, I think there's a lot of shifting that's happening that was sort of in the bubble, but nobody really thought of as a reality. I mean, I've been to so many cinema cons where they were just all whistling past the graveyard, like pretending like there was one uh, where famously Helen Mirren got up and said, you know, excuse my language, Netflix. And, you know, and everyone cheered. And then immediately the next year, everyone's like, hey, we love Netflix. They're our new yeah. partner because they're just spending like drunken sailors. And, you know, now yeah, look where we're in on. like four Netflix films. Sorry. Yeah, she <laughs> yeah. did four Netflix movies. <laughs> She's um, like, really? They're like, really? Here, how's a paycheck? Yeah. Okay, never mind. I'm an actor. I'll do whatever. Never mind. <laughs> Pretend I didn't say that. I mean, but it's, it, it, it's, I think now it's the reality is starting to set in. Okay, we're not going back to where we were pre 2019. Bob Iger. You know, the great Pooba now has has even said it before he took the job back at Disney. I don't think we're ever getting back to twenty nine pre twenty nineteen levels, which by the way, we're not great anyway. Um, so it's not like saying to pre twenty nineteen everything was woohoo, you know. Yeah. Things have been shifting long before that. Um, I just think there really needs to be a, a, a sort of innovation in the industry now if it's going to survive in the next few years. Um, because you're going to have, you know, again, AMC, Cinemark, Regal, they're all hanging on a thread. Arclight's gone. You know, a Landmark is gone. Like, these are all theaters for those of you who live in LA, which you're all very familiar with, are basically gone now. And it's it's like, it's, it's not going to stop there. Like, yeah. it's going to continue. So, and not to mention all the art house... How art house cinemas that had to close because the independent market's completely gone and dried up. So there's a lot of shifts that have to happen, and I'm hopeful that someone will finally realize it and try to start, you know, playing a little bit more and experimenting a little bit more um, than just rather pretending like everything. Oh yeah, we'll get back there. We just need to make more movies. I mean, that's not that's not the only answer. So my my kind of uh, big moment, I'm looking at is we covered this in the episode chief missing officer and it's this <laughs> thought of like the the studio leads actually are i think are going to change it's interesting this lightest round of layoffs is offset another body of people that you wonder mm -hmm. if they're going to return to work in the same capacity as before 
or if the industry is evolving, that not only are we losing individual people, but we're losing some titles along the way and make, might be making up new titles. I think some of the evolution that's going to play out because of the writer strike is going to create a new demand for a different type of content, therefore a different type of promotion or different type mm. of uh, director, marketing person, element person, online data analyst, whatever those things are. The, in, the industry is changing in such a way that the studios are also going to change who they stack and how they stack it. And I, I say this as a setup because I think that we're not just watching a, a change of individuals and leadership at Disney, but I think we're going to see a new Disney. Um, mm. It's not only the end of a blockbuster era. I think we're going to see Disney have to do something different. And sure, yeah. JPEG's idea of the metaverse Disney, I think is, <laughs> you know, now that's put on ice. But he was asking a different question of if Disney's going yeah. to survive in the future, what does Disney need to do different? And it's clearly not, let's grab another studio like a Pixar, Marvel, Fox, or whatever, and then remake right. all that into a universe. We're not going to put up <laughs> with that anymore. So we want right. to see something else take place. And I think Disney's going to have to keep up with that. And with the shakeup that's taking place with them, and some of the hits they've taken financially, what Wall Street's asking them to do, but they're also deep pocket and, and deep in history. They're not going to go away. I think they're going to kind of show us a new kind of leadership chain that way. So to me, those are what yeah. the, the chief missing officer and then the need for a studio to pivot. I think we're going to see an evolution of new people and new titles doing something different in leadership. At least that's uh, maybe that's my hope. <laughs> Well, I hope so, Tim, because I've been saying that till I'm blue in the face, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of change happening. I think I don't anticipate a ton of change under the uh, Iger part two, uh, simply because his job is going to be to steady the ship and to find a successor. Yeah. Um, so that is really going to be his primary but, but focus. There's no return of him either. So when the no. next person is picked, he's not going to be standing in the shadow because no one's going to accept the job with Iger in your shadow. You know what takes place. No. He bitch slaps yeah. you and you're out of, out of the way again. So yes, exactly. the next thing so is going to be a major step for Disney correct, and it's no correct. going back and, and no. people have to live with it. So that's why I think yes. the evolution is going to take place. Yeah. I, I mean, I think you're right. I think, I think we're definitely going to see some major changes. Um, once the new, whoever that person may be is in charge, I think there's going to be a lot of a push for some real change. Cause you're right. Chapik was asking a lot of the right questions. He, we talked a little bit about his appearance at the tech conference in Wall at the sponsored by the Wall Street Journal. We were talking about maybe taking the Disney Plus app and making it more experiential, where it ties into what people are seeing in the theaters and what they're what 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 they're doing in the parks and sort of bringing it all together. So there's like one Disney destination, um, which obviously would make a ton of sense and it enables you to have a ton of more data on your consumer, and you know. He was asking the right questions. It's just unfortunate that, you know, a, a ton of other other decisions that were made that didn't necessarily go uh, in yes. the right direction. So obviously he got put out to pasture, but I don't think Iger can completely ignore everything that Chapik sort of sort of the pieces that he was beginning to put into place and say like, oh yeah, let's just give every power all back to the creative. Let's go. It's all about creativity, creativity, creativity. Well, that's all well and good, dude. But guess what? You got a business that's completely calling. You got theatricals collapsing, linear cables collapsing. Yeah. So it has you to be can't something just new. say like we can't keep the same score new. with them. And my and I vote or my prediction is it's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds is taking over Disney. He's gonna be the next. <laughs> 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 the guy is okay, such an great. entrepreneur. He's in front of everybody. He's doing well. If what you said too is 
it's true about spirited. Let's just hope he uh, is no, well, a little bit more. That's for next week's episode. We'll talk about, oh, sorry, uh, sorry. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> next week. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for this look back. I think we're going to look back one year from now and look at our predictions and see what we've done a little bit too. But well, uh, no, pred- hold been- on, Tim. Prediction episode is two weeks. Right, two weeks from now. You're right. I'm not going to look back episode. Next yes. week is our let's talk about Christmas. And, and then, then the week two weeks that. from now, predictions. Which, by the way, yes. if you're listening to this, you want to be part of this, throw us some of your predictions. Give us some oh, comments. Send us an email. Tell us what you like. Tweet us. Whatever, wherever you want to send us information, we'll read it. We'll throw some of those predictions on air. I'd be curious of what's going on. Um, and uh, I have a couple of people asking to even join us on upcoming episodes, Keith. So we might even get some oh, new nice. fresh bodies in, in our like 2023 Bring it years. on, man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to see you before Christmas. So enjoy the, yes. your last week before Christmas, getting all your Christmas shopping done and make sure you Likewise. get all the DVDs, shove those underneath the tree. So your kids have some relics to look back on, <laughs> some antiques to look back on. Oh, uh, yeah. Unwrap. Yeah. Remember you could unwrap yeah, a movie? Remember those days you can get a movie and oh, you would God, unwrap yes. it and you're like, oh, yeah, my you'd gosh. be so excited. Oh, I got the Blu-ray. Oh, now like, like, is it on that? streaming? Is it on Disney Plus? Is it on HBO Max? I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I can't wrap up the it. Disney oh, Plus thing. I can't. Where am I gonna? I got, <laughs> even a gift card doesn't work anymore. We still watch some movies. We um we still watch some movies on on uh, on Blu-rays like uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. We watch that on Christmas Eve. Christmas oh yeah, that's Day. cool. So we we still watch that on Blu-ray. But yeah, um, we have most... um White Christmas and Holiday Inn. I think. Oh yeah. Holiday Inn is one ones. of those that should have to stay on DVD because there's some very, you know, uh, unpolitically correct scenes in there now that nobody <laughs> ever watched. I don't even know cool. if we watch it anymore, but it's on the DVD set with our <laughs> with our White Christmas. Yeah, it's true. You have the original film before it's been, you know, sort of tampered. With. Yeah, yeah. It's not. There's yeah. no one going to let Holiday Inn get released ever again. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Nope. No, 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 no. Not without a big disclaimer on it, I'm sure. Yeah, like, this is history, and this is what you should yes. not be doing to people. Right. All right, my friend. Have a great week. Thank you, you for being part of this. Michelle, thanks. And Lydia, thanks for making this happen. Our team at Go Social, we appreciate you guys uh, working the extra hour today to uh, put, put this episode together. We'll see you next week, and please send us your predictions for two weeks from now, or next week's our Christmas episode. If there is a Christmas show or idea that you want to talk about, Feel free to message us, Keith, and I will take that in consideration as we put the show together. Until then, we'll see you next Hollywood Breaks. Later, Keith. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>